0: You are listening to the Restoration LA podcast. For more, visit us at restorationla.org. Good
1: morning, guys. It is a privilege to be here. It's a privilege to um, celebrate Christmas, celebrate all that God is doing in the life of our church and in this world uh, with you guys. Um, Before I get started, thank you, Josh and Jennifer, for that uh, amazing video. Can we... uh, give some some thanks um josh and jennifer are always using their gifts and their talents to love our kids and to bless us as a church so i just wanted to make sure that they got a little bit of a little bit of the glory today so thank you guys for that um how many of you enjoyed uh brett's preach uh last sunday how many of you uh decided to take down your christmas trees after hearing that message anybody Nobody? Okay. How many of you went home and Googled little Pete? Uh, That was a a topic of discussion in our household for for quite a few days um, after that one. (laughs) Even though though Brett might have tried to ruin Christmas for some of us, um, I do encourage uh, that you go back and listen to that message if you missed it. If you uh, were blessed by that message, I encourage you to take some time to listen back to that message. There was full of, um, a message full of knowledge, full of insight, and it was definitely very funny. Um, so I, I believe that God worked through Brett uh, last week, and I just wanted to say again, um, great job, Brett, for, for that. Um, like Jody said, I have the, second, the privilege for the second message uh, this morning, and that is the king is here, all right? So I hope to not ruin Christmas, I don't want to offend anybody. My, my goal today is simply to share the good news of Jesus. Amen? All right, so let's talk about our king. Um, but before we get there, before we do that, let me take you back circa 1990 to 2002 in the Martel household. Let me take you back, circa 1990 to 2002-ish, Christmas for the Martels. If you've never met my mom, if you didn't get a chance to know my mom, she decorated for every holiday. I'm talking every holiday. That's straight. Every holiday. Every holiday. So Easter, there was bunnies all around. Easter eggs and, and lights. For St. Patrick's Day, there was decoration. For Valentine's Day, there was decorations. But for Christmas, it was a different monster. For Christmas, it was it was almost insane. Um, you would always have a constant uh, Elvis singing a Christmas carol somewhere in the background of our home. There would be lots of miracle on 34th Street playing, lots of jingle all the way. Um, home Alone, the Christmas story would, would always be on in this month. Um, it was. Christmas decorations made it a little bit more crazier because this was actually one of the, the holidays where my, my dad and I would get into the decorations and, and, and all of that. So we would decorate the lawn and my mom's job was to decorate the, the, the living room and the inside. It was my dad and my job to, to decorate the outside. So things got crazy. We always try to top last year's display. We always try to get the newest uh, models and the newest figurines and those things. So it got crazy. There was tons of Santas, tons of snowmen, tons of reindeers, bigger and better every single year. That was my Christmas from 1990, from I can remember, from like 2002. I remember when we finally got um, a big light display of Santa in the sleigh. And that was huge for me because we never had one. We always had Santa standing around or doing something or dancing, but we never had the sleigh. So the goal of mine was to connect the seven reindeers along with this somewhere in this house. But my dad always said that, that that was impossible that he wasn't spending money on seven reindeers. But it was always a goal of mine. Um and looking back now, as I have kids and as I've grown up, I really there was I'm looking back at that, and there was something missing from all of those decorations. There was something missing from the whole display. And that was a nativity scene. And um it as I look back at it, it was always weird because I remember we would always go to the stores and look at the displays, but they all it always felt like it didn't work or it didn't make sense with the display that is happening in the home. It always felt like the nativity scene didn't make sense with all the Christmas decorations because it wasn't a snowman or it wasn't a reindeer or it didn't have candy canes. Um it always looked so small, it always looked so boring, it always looked like, man, this you know, this baby Jesus doesn't shoot any fireworks or the animals don't make any real animal noises. It just didn't fit. And um, so we never, we never actually purchased a nativity scene. And it was something that we just never did. It didn't make sense with what we had going on. But as we even had the kids up and we're talking about Christmas, for me as a kid, because I was the only child, I wasn't the only child, but the only child in the house, um, Christmas was everything because I got all the presents. I got all the presents, everything I wanted, anything I asked for. Eventually, at some point, I would get it. So it was, it was my time to shine. I would make a list, I would circle my Toys R Us catalog, and I would give that to my mom. I would give it to my aunts, and, and I just wait. Christmas Eve, let's just see what I got, right? It was, it was, I got I would get everything I wanted. But in my small mind, at that time, Christmas was all about presents. It was all about decorations and, and going bigger and getting better. And, and it was always about the outside or the bigness of uh, Santa, right? It was always about the toys. It was always about the video games. And in fact, the only focus that we had about Jesus in our home around Christmas was just a little ceramic nativity scene that would be on my mom's shelf. That was the only time where we actually had Jesus um, around in on his birthday. So looking back now, I kind of feel like growing up, Jesus was actually overlooked this holiday for a large portion of my life. Um, and I don't say that to guilt anybody or to say anything, but I just wanted to put kind of in perspective of some, a way that I grew up where Christmas wasn't even, or Jesus wasn't even really a thing around Christmas. That makes sense? Just shining some light there. So before I get started, I'd like to praise. Is that okay? Cool. Lord, I just pray, God, that you would be with us today. Lord, I pray, God, that you would be with me. I pray, Lord, that you would be in our, my words, God. Lord, I pray that you would open our hearts and our ears, Lord, to the words that you want to share today. Lord, I pray, God, that there would be breakthrough this morning. Lord, I pray, God, that there would be salvations this morning. God, I pray, Lord, that hearts would would, would turn to you, God, this morning. In your mighty name, Jesus, amen. So it is possible to go through years and years of the Christmas season and never actually celebrate Jesus. But I want you to tell your neighbors this morning, if you can, if you're willing, tell your neighbor that the king is here. The king is here. So if you're taking notes, that is the title of my notes. The king is here. Um, Let's go. Let's get started. So divine, powerful, bringer of peace and prosperity. When When you hear those words, that could only mean that I am talking about one person, right? Huh? I don't know. I haven't even got going yet moving my hands. All right. So divine, powerful, bringer of peace and prosperity. I'm only talking about who? Jesus. Right. When you hear those words, it could only be Jesus. But I would tell you today, this morning, you are wrong. You're wrong. Those words are the words that the Romans would describe a king in the Bible named Caesar Augustus, who was the king and the ruler of Rome at the time of Jesus's birth you have your bibles this morning we will be in the gospel of luke and in the gospel of luke i love this portion of scripture because i feel that it puts jesus in his rightful place in history i believe that uh, uh dr luke puts uh jesus's um jesus in the rightful place of scripture and if we allow this to capture our hearts it would definitely put jesus in his rightful spot in our lives amen so here in chapter Luke, we start off this chapter, chapter with an open decree from the king of the, at this time. So Luke 2 starts off saying, At the time of the Roman Empire, Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. That's, this was the first census taken from who was governor of Syria. So starts off with scripture, Luke 2, starts off with this king. Who is Caesar Augustus? Caesar Augustus was the adopted son of Julius Caesar. He took charge and took power immediately after Julius Caesar's assassination. Caesar Augustus forcefully led Rome into an incredible period of prosperity and peace, which was called the Pax Romana, that was enjoyed by the Romans for over 200 years. Caesar Augustus was hailed and he was worshipped as a god because of his long list of amazing feats. Born uh, Gaius Octavian Thurinius Augustus was named, uh, Augustus actually was a name that he gave himself. That name, Augustus Caesar Augustus, meant majestic. He had coins that he created with his likeness and inscribed with the words, son of the divine. This man was really a king of kings and didn't lack any confidence knowing it. He was powerful, he was a leader, and this was the king of all kings. He was the most powerful man, leading the most powerful empire. Born a Roman citizen, adopted by Julius Caesar, lived in lavish palaces. He ate the best foods and he enjoyed the best entertainment. This is Caesar Augustus. He was worshipped. He was truly loved. He was viewed as a real-life savior. He brought stability, joy, peace in his rule. War ceased and prosperity overflowed as long as he was in charge. When you're in this time and when you're going through all these motions and when you're seeing all of the 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 powerful moves that this man is making, this is only makes sense that this type of reign could only be by the hand of someone who is truly divine. So it's it's not hard to understand and to believe that the people of uh, the Romans um, felt that this man was actually the savior. He was changing their lives. So Caesar Augustus was a sovereign ruler. uh, ruler. He issued a a decree that a census should be taken throughout the Roman empire. Now the census would mean a few things for those under the Romans rule. It's a reminder that not all the people were a free people. It was a reminder that some of those people like Joseph and Mary were actually a conquered people. It also meant that because of the census, that would mean that more money would go into the Rome's pockets. It would mean that there would be more taxes, there would be more resources, there would be more bodies for their army. But what Augustus Caesar didn't know was that with this one decision, he would fulfill a biblical prophecy and reveal God's faithful promises. So moving on to verse 3 all returned to their own ancestral town to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go back to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, his fiancee, who was now obviously pregnant. So now we see quickly that they're moving on, they're moving on to to, 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 uh, Joseph's home. So all the people traveled from here and there to fulfill King Augustus' desire. And because of the census, we see Joseph had to return home all the while his pregnant wife was walking along with him while she was pregnant. It's important to know that Joseph was from the house of the lineage of David who had lived in Bethlehem. And that's the importance of this prophecy. Joseph and Mary arrived in Bethlehem before the delivery of Mary's baby. And while in Bethlehem, they had some trouble finding a place to to stay. As you can imagine, everybody's coming here for a census. This place is too overcrowded. This little city is too overcrowded with travelers for the census. But when the time finally came for Mary to give birth, they needed to find some sort of shelter. So they were led to an animal stall where they used a feeding trough to place their newborn baby in. And I know we know the story, but verse six says, and while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son, She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them." Now, I don't know much about royalty, but this this doesn't seem like a king's welcome. This doesn't seem like the proper beginnings for a mighty, powerful king, for a majestic king, for the real king, for a real savior. This This wouldn't be a humble beginning, or this is an absolutely a humble beginning. It's unassuming, it's low-key, it's humble, it's small, it's vulnerable. This is obviously not the most sanitary place for a newborn baby to be born in. There's no baby shower. We're talking about an animal stable in a small town. There's no family or friend support. There was no palace, there's no robes, there's no jewels. This isn't the most honorable way that a king could be brought into this world. This indeed is a very lowly beginning. So this Christmas story that we read in Luke starts with the ruler calling for a census from his throne, but now we see a baby being born in a manger. Now, when I read this and I see this, it's like, okay, a humble beginning, the baby is born, Jesus is born, and at this point in time, we don't know his name yet. But this would be, now it's time for God to bring on the show because now he needs to let everybody know that this king has been born. Now it's time to shake the world. Now it's time to bring out the flashing lights, to bring the thunder, to bring the lightning, to bring the earthquakes, to bring the angels in. Right? Let's have some angels singing on a mountaintop. But in verse eight, it's completely different. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's Glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angels reassured them, don't be afraid, he said, I bring you the good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. So God chooses to, to announce this monumental event to reveal the identity of his this newborn baby, the king of the world, and he chooses to use Shepherd, Jesus is born into an animal stable. Angels come down from heaven and reveal this identity and what's happening here to shepherds, not another king, not Caesar Augustus, but he, he finds himself in a dark meadow somewhere with a flock of sheep and he sees these shepherds and say, that's the that's the answer, that's who I'm choosing. This is who I'm gonna tell this, new, this good news to. God chose to reveal Jesus's identity to shepherds. The good news, when I read this and I hear that there is good news, it also lets me know that there's good news because this good news comes to all people. Now, these shepherds were out, outcast. They were outsiders. There weren't no one special. They didn't have any money. This wasn't this. This is not how you want to start something new and and get something going out in this world. You wouldn't go to a shepherd. No one would believe a shepherd. Who cares what a shepherd has to say? But Jesus, but God knows what he's doing and he brings this good news. And it tells me that the good news of Jesus comes to all people. Think of the worst person in your mind right now. Just quietly, just think of the worst type of person in your mind. The good news comes to that person. Think of the, your, your most hated coworker. You can't stand them. The good news comes to that person. The neighbor who's annoying, your, your family member who's annoying, the good news comes to that person. These shepherds were poor, they were lowly, they were outsiders, but yet the angels declared good news. It would be God's heart that he would move us from fear to great joy as the shepherds were, from being alone in darkness in the middle of nowhere into the glorious presence of, of, of the heavenly angels. The angels say, don't be afraid. I bring you good news. And that good news will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. It's important to understand that this birth of this baby brings great joy to all who trust in him. To all all who would receive this baby, there is great joy waiting for them. Good news. There is good news, church, that the King is here and He is loving and just, whose kingdom and power is everlasting. This is the King of kings and the kings that we serve. He doesn't come down to earth with a military force and fearful conquering. No, this King comes in the form of a child, a loving sacrifice. Like unlike Caesar Augustus and Herod at this time, He didn't rule with an iron fist. No, this King. He rules with outstretched hands and nail-scarred hands. Yes, there is good news. Because the king is here and he brings wholeness and purpose and peace. And I don't know about you, but those are important things in my life. Those are important things that have been missing in my life in the past. Wholeness and purpose and peace. The angels declare in Luke 2 verse 12 says, And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a fast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying glory to God in the highest heavens and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And I just can't imagine that picture of one angel in the middle of a field being a lowly shepherd with a few sheep. And this angel pops up out of nowhere. And I can just imagine the glory. I can just imagine what is happening. Obviously, they're terrified. But not only one angel then comes, a whole vast of armies from uh, uh, angel armies from heaven comes and declares the good news about what's happening in this manger. I'm a, I can't believe that it's not an amazing sight. This news, this this good news, this event deserved a response. And the shepherds said to each other, let's go. Let's go. Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened. Church, it's important to understand that Jesus came to save. Jesus came to save us. He came to save you and me. And you may feel like you don't need saving. You may think saving from what? I'm a good person. I believe stuff. I'm a spiritual person. I'm a religious person. But I'm telling you, if you are in this room and I'm telling everybody who cannot hear me right now that's outside this room, Jesus came to save you. Jesus is God. He is a savior. The savior. Yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem in the city of David. The king is here. Church, the shepherd's um, response was, let's go. Let's see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about the good news spread, not by the most seasoned preachers, not by a talent evangelist, not by an Instagram feed or a Facebook post The, The the, the good news spread about what took place spread by the shepherds, not Caesar Augustus, not the King at the time, but shepherds. They went back to tell all of who they have seen and what they have heard. Verse 16 says, they hurried to the village and they found Mary and Joseph and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished, but Mary kept all the things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel told them. See, and what they saw was a baby lying in a manger. But what we know would be a king that would calm the storms. What they saw was a baby lying in a manger, but what we know it would be a king that would walk on water. What they seen was a baby just lying in a manger, but what we know and what we we, we understand is that there was a king that would heal and and, 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 and heal the blind and, and heal the sick. He would heal diseases. He would bring restoration. What the shepherds saw was a baby lying in a manger, but what we know to be the king that would restore lives. What they seen was a baby lying in a manger, but what we would know what he would be Uh, Not only a baby, but a man that would bring new life and living water. We know that he would be a king that would restore families, a king that would die for all mankind. Not just a baby, but a king that would defeat death by raising from the grave. This wasn't just a baby lying in a manger. This was the promised Messiah. This was King Jesus. A king that would unite and bring restoration throughout all lands. A king that would capture the hearts of all people who would be willing to trust him. Jesus, a worthy king that we can believe in, that we can honor, that we can give our lives and our service to. The shepherds went back praising and glorifying. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and all that they have seen. A savior. Not an emperor, not a, a wartime veteran, but a king, a king of kings that would bring everlasting peace. See, Augustus was a, a, was a worldly ruler, but Jesus is our one true king. He is the promised king. In Isaiah chapter 9, it says, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. His government and his peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestors, David, for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. See, the Romans, they celebrated Augustus' birthday, for that was their king. But all of heaven celebrated baby Jesus' birth even when it was a humble beginning, unassuming, unsanitary animal trough, all of heaven declared that this was good news. 2,000 years ago, we are here celebrating Jesus, not just today. If you're you're familiar with this church, you know that we celebrate Jesus every day, not just in the month of December, not just on his birthday, every day. It's not Augustus' name that we have in lights. We don't gather here and we sing songs to Augustus or sing to an earthly king, or an earthly ruler, or an earthly political figure, there's none of that. We don't sing to a man. We don't sing to a, a, a social media influencer. We sing to King Jesus. This morning, church, we are here for King Jesus. Today, today's day and age, there's tons of kings that contend for that position, or for our, for the uh, contend for our that position of our heart. There's tons of kings that contend for our attention or for our time. Christmas parties, presents, family time, traveling. These are just some certain things that around this time contend for our focus, for our attention, for our love. Let's go even deeper. There's certain kings of finances or kings of comfort. Kings of pride, kings of worry and anxiety. Maybe the king of religion has gripped our hearts every now and then where we lose focus and we lose sight of the actual king and the reason of why we serve Jesus and why we come to church and why we lift our hands and why we sing our songs. The source of great joy, a savior, King Jesus, God in the flesh. He didn't come and live with the high and mighty. Jesus didn't come down and live in the lofty palaces. He came down lowly. He came down to the lowly and to the broken. He came down to to love those who are, are heartbroken, who are hurt. Emmanuel, God is with us. Jesus, a God that keeps his or God, a God who keeps his promises. A God that removes sin who defeats death for us. Do not be afraid, for today I bring you good news, good news that will bring great joy for all people. Good news that brings great joy. Church, my question this morning is, are we joyful? Are we focused on the right things? This isn't a Christmas preach. This is the Jesus preach. Are we focused on Jesus this morning? Are our hearts divided in so many other ways? There is good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem. Jody, did you have anything? I wanted to pray, but. come. So if we can today, church, if we can stand up. the picture of Jesus not coming to the high and mighty to come to the broken to come to the lowly is encouraging for me because I too was just as good as a poor shepherd I too was just a nobody an outsider and I feel and I believe and I'm sure a lot of us in this room feel like that too where you just feel like, I'm nobody, I'm nothing. I know about Jesus. I hear about Jesus. I come to G- I come to church and, and we sing songs to Jesus. But I'm not completely understanding my role in this. I don't know if he's the savior of my life. I don't know if he's the king of my heart. I don't know if he's actually the Messiah. I don't know if I believe in that. I don't know where I stand in that. Today, I just wanted to make a time and an opportunity for those who may feel those feelings. Maybe we've said those things, but I wanted to make room, and I didn't want to leave this morning without having a a response to that. So if there's anybody in this room, if everyone could just close their eyes and bow their heads, just make room for God in your heart right now. Posture yourself in a place where you can just Feel God, just you and the Lord. Don't worry about who's to the left or who's to the right of you. But I wanted to make time for those who may not know Jesus. You've heard something. You've heard about the good news. You've heard some of the things you've done, but you've never made room. You've never made You never made him king of your heart. If that's you, if you never said a prayer, you never invited him into your life, I wanted to just make time. So if there's anybody like that, who who wants to say, Jesus, you can be the king of my heart. Jesus, you can be my savior. Jesus, you can be my king. If that's you, if you can just raise your hand, you can just raise it ha- uh, high. You can be proud about that decision that you're making. Doesn't have to be weird. I'm not trying to pull anything out of you. I just want to make a. T- I just want to make time. So Jesus can be your king. King of your heart, king of your life. You feel unworthy, you feel like a nobody, you feel like a nothing. You feel like you're in darkness. You feel like there hasn't been any good news in your life. This morning, I want to tell you that there is light, there is life, and there is good news. Jesus is going to change that. So Lord, I thank you, God, for those whose hands were raised Lord, we give you praise and we give you honor and we give you glory, Lord, for those who have made that decision, God. Thank you, King Jesus. Lord, we're thankful, God, for your salvation. Lord, we're thankful for the cross. Lord, I pray, God, that each and every one of us in this room, Lord, will put you, God, in, in your proper place today, tomorrow, this beginning of next year, God. Whatever it may be Lord that we would place you God in our in your, in your proper place as king of our lives. Lord, we thank you God for all that you're doing. Thank you Jesus in your mighty name.
0: Amen. Thank you Lord. a brilliant reminder Steve I think a lot of times maybe if you're like me you you respond to kind of the earth shaking things right like you just want lightning bolts from heaven to come and straighten your stuff out you know and what's amazing is this is consistently not how Jesus has worked (laughs) right And we're, taking, we're talking about King Jesus. He came as an obscure baby. And, and, and the first news was given to obscure men. <laughs> and Jesus, when he started his ministry, entrusted the same message to obscure men and women. Right. <laughs> and those obscure men and women underground spread through that Roman Empire, underneath that, that emperor.
1: Yeah.
0: Used the roads that he built to take this message to obscure lands. And 2,000 plus years later, here we are, an obscure people in East LA who have responded. And I know we love the earth shaking, but friends, listen to this. Revelation chapter two, or chapter three. Look, I stand at the door and knock. This is our king. He's not going to break the house down. He's not going to rip your world apart. I stand at the door and I knock. This is the king we serve. And Steve's reminder for those of you who responded, he's knocking on the door of your hearts. I knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share. Listen to this. We will share a meal together as friends. Communion with the king. What king will come to your house and knock and share a meal with you? No earthly king. No president. (laughs) King Jesus. But I also want to remind us this morning that there will be a great and terrible day when all will be revealed and the heavens will split open and that trumpet will sound and heaven will open up and heaven's armies will come with a king riding on a stallion, sword drawn, and on his thigh it will be written, King of kings and Lord of lords. And the Bible says that every knee, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And what a privilege for those of us who have responded to a knock. Because on that day, there's not going to be any second chances. On that day, the fear, the literal fear of God will envelop this world. And how privileged we will be to know that we already bowed our knee to this king. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we honor you. Thank you for coming as Emmanuel, God with us. Truly the King has come and we choose to see that now. We choose to bow our knee now. We choose to give you your rightful place on the throne of our hearts. Thank you, Lord. Amen and amen. Amen. Hey, we love you guys. Um, we will be back here at 6 p.m. If you are a part of our program, I know um, worship team, um, just get with Pam and Steph, I'm sure you know all the details. If you are a part of our, our, our Christmas nativity, um, I will need to see you right after this. And if you guys have some time to hang around, we got a little bit of setup to do and, and your hands would it be helpful. If, if you don't have any plans um, and you can hang around to help out, we are going to order a little bit of food and that kind of stuff. And so uh, we just want to set up and we're going to make sure that this place is ready for all of our guests tonight. It's going to be an amazing time. So uh, we will be back here at 6 p.m. We hope you all come. More importantly, I hope that you will bring someone who needs to hear this gospel message um, that uh, Steve encouraged us about today. It's going to be an amazing time tonight. Can't wait to see you. We'll see you guys soon. Thank you, guys.
1: And parents of youth, I have these waivers here for winter camp. Uh, Come and see me so you can sign them so that your kids can go to camp.